Welcome to the Self-Publishing School Podcast. This is the podcast to listen to if you're an aspiring writer or an author who wants to be more successful. On this show, you'll learn how to write and launch a book successfully, all from the top authors and people just like you who are doing it at the highest level. I'm your host, Chandler Volt, the founder of Self-Publishing School, the author of the book called Published, and the CEO of selfpublishing.com. For free training on how to publish a book that sells 10,000 copies, go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. Hey, Chandler Bolt here, and joining me today is Jennifer Allwood. Uh, Jennifer is the host of The Jennifer Allwood Show, um, has over 1.5 million downloads, crazy, uh, and the author of a book called Fear Is Not the Boss of You. I've got it right here. She graciously sent me a copy. It looks amazing as with everything that Jennifer does. Uh, and she's also a, a business coach, uh, coaching women and creatives to grow their business using, using social media. Uh, I met Jennifer uh, through a good buddy, Pete Vargas. And fun fact, I don't think you know, Jennifer, that I discovered in doing research is that we both used to run a painting company. <laughs> I did not know you. Oh, wait a second. Okay, so did was yours like, interior exterior mine was Exter it's very different like painting okay, company is like painting, but very yeah, yeah, yeah i did not know that i i owned my painting company for 17 years wow that's yeah. wild i and was, was a, i was, was student wild. painters so we painted okay. exterior houses uh, okay things like that but yeah so i know you're a lot younger than me but do you remember the television show extreme home makeover like with oh, Ty Pennington and you know move that bus so we did three episodes of that show with our painting no way. um i had a client once fly me to belize to look at a painting project there countless magazines and television sh things that we got to do so yeah it was really good while it while it lasted it was great until that's, it wasn't that's wild. <laughs> well that's the whole world um it's and, and we'll dive in just a second, but that's my brother. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. So my brother plays in a Grammy-nominated rock and roll band called Need to Breathe. Okay. Um, and then they have Bolt Farm Treehouses. So they've done a bunch of stuff like, well, they're kind of getting into that world with TV. It's like luxury romantic treehouses. Totally your vibe, actually. Totally my vibe. Yeah, 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 <laughs> I, yeah. yeah. I just, I actually just got off an interview right before you with Tamara Day, who is the host of Bargain Mansions on HGTV. Cool. Yeah, yeah, so she was interviewing yeah. me about the book. So I love that whole like HGTV DIY network vibe. Yeah. Um, They're yeah. pitching a show, I think, to a, it's a bunch of different um, that is networks awesome. right we, now. And yeah, yeah, it's cool. We pitched a show a couple of years ago to um, to HGTV. And so, yeah, what a fun, what a fun thing. Well, that's right in alignment with the type of show they'd be looking for. So good luck. 100%. That's awesome. Cool. 100%. Well, Jennifer, it's so great to have you here. Uh, I'd like to, you know, obviously you released this book recently. So we're, you know, yeah. in this interview, we're going to be talking about this book, the launch yep. of this book, leading up to this book, um, yep. kind of how this fits in with the ecosystem of yep. your business, all those things. I'd, I'd, I'd like to start with, you know, why did you decide uh, to write this book as a, uh, as a whole and, and what really was the purpose for this book and, yeah. and kind of both for the reader and for you as an entrepreneur? So that's such a good question. So I, you know how when you're little and people ask you what you want to be when you grow up and, you know, most people say like our five-year-old right now is saying a teacher because she loves teachers and we have one leaving for college, hopefully, uh, fingers crossed and all the prayers, um, you know, in the fall. And so uh, that question comes up a lot of what do you want to be when you grow up? And I used to tell people I wanted to write children's books. And I just loved reading as a kid. I loved, um, I can remember one time, I hope my mom's not going to listen to this. Uh, my dad actually threatened to ground me for reading too much. And now as like a mother of four, I'm like, Chandler, what I would do to have my kids 
it's like read too much. It's like pulling teeth, you know, to get them off of TikTok. But I always knew I wanted to write. I've had a blog for about 12 years that was dedicated to my painting company. So we would go, you know, work in somebody's house and I would blog about, you know, what type of paint we used. I was teaching people how they could paint the same thing in their own house. And so I've always been a writer. Um, and so what happened is about five or six years ago, I found that in addition to writing, what I was actually pretty decent at was social media, which took me by surprise because number one, I'm an introvert. Um, number two, I, at the time, five or six years ago, people were still really using Facebook for like pictures of their dog and what they had for dinner. And there weren't as many <laughs> business. Don't you remember yeah, that? Don't you? And there weren't as many businesses yeah. using social media to grow their business. But we had, I had this thriving painting company in Kansas city. And I found out that whenever I would um, go on to at the time, Periscope was hot. And if I would do a Periscope or I'd go on Facebook and I'd show pictures of our um, cabinets on my business page, like it would, it would get shared a lot. I would get all these extra followers and we would end up getting more calls for our painting services. And so it's like, well, put a little more effort into social media and your business kind of goes crazy. And I saw that correlation. And, um, you know, so we hit 20,000 Facebook followers and then 100,000 and then 200,000. And, and I also found that social media was such a great place to sell like anything. And so I was selling um, videos on how to paint your own house. And that went to a six figure business really quickly. Um, and then I ended up going into business coaching is the long and short of it because people wanted to know how are you getting so many followers so during this time about three years ago I had somebody contact me about writing a book and they're like you have a you know half a million followers do you want to write a book and I was like actually I've been trying to like take all of my blog posts for the last 12 years and put them into a book and and they're like oh so you want to write a DIY book and I'm like you know what I really don't I really don't want to do a painting book and they're like oh okay so what do you do how do you make money I said I coach a couple thousand women every month on how to build their business. Okay. So you want to write a business book? And I'm like, you know what? I don't want to write a business book either. And they're like, well, you're going to have to kind of decide. And so we really work together to flush out. Like I know the way I make money is by teaching women how to do business, but I am such a huge believer that the majority of your business is built in your mind. Um, there's so many things that happen when, you know, to make your first dollar, to make your first six figures, to make your first seven figures. It, it's all like mindset. And usually it always mm -hmm. kind of goes back to like fear and um, fear of success, fear of failure, whatever. So when we really fleshed out, what do I feel like is, could be my biggest gift on this side of heaven? I think what I'm the best at both just like on a one-on-one -on -one basis and in my business coaching is helping people figure out where they're stuck what fear is it that they have that's keeping them stuck? And then how they can reframe that and look at it differently so they can get unstuck and get on with their life. So that's the book that I wrote. Fear is not the boss of you is to any woman who's stuck, overwhelmed, or terrified to make a change in her life. And it will help you in business, but it's not a business book. So that's the long and, answer, and, Chandler. And how did you, I mean, how did you finally land on the, the fear versus, I mean, it sounds like you could have written a DIY book. You could have written a business yeah. book. You could, I mean, a lot of people were saying, Hey, which book do I write? And it sounds like you chose to write the why book more than the what book, which is yeah, like the, 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 the psychology or the, the philosophy yeah. versus the, the X's and O's felt like substantial enough. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And, um, and how so? I don't know. Like when I was thinking about writing a DIY book, I even had the name of it. It was going to be called hot mess, not your typical DIY book. And it was going to have all these, you know, years of painting projects and house projects. And my husband is really great at, you know, building bunk beds. And if you go look at the Jennifer Allwood home, like website, it's every project we did in our old house and then every project we've done in this new house. And, um, I think people expected me to write a DIY book and I had the cover all laid out and stuff, but it just, as God was moving me out of the painting industry in 
into the business coaching. And as that shift was happening, it felt like going backwards to write a DIY book. I mean, thank God for all the DIY books that are out there, but that just didn't no longer, it no longer fit. It was like, that was a hat I used to wear, but now that hat doesn't fit well. And I don't like it when I have to put it on. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And you, so you talk about, you know, fear is not the boss, but you're helping, uh, helping people overcome fears. What, yeah. what fears did you have through the process of writing this book? So many. Okay. So I have struggled with fear all of my life. I think that a lot of that is upbringing. A lot of that is, um, you know, generational. A lot of that's just, um, you know, stuff that happens to us, whether it's out of our control or, or decisions that we've made that have landed us in bad places. So I've struggled with fear a lot. And, um, and as I wrote the book, it's almost like God, because I haven't arrived. I don't know that anybody ever arrives, but here's what happened. I, when I turned 39 Chandler, I went and watched a triathlon with a friend of mine. She knew a girl that was going to be running this triathlon in Kansas city. It was a really well-known triathlon. And we had three young kids at the time. And sometimes when you have three young kids, you say yes to things that maybe you wouldn't if you didn't have any children, but you're like, it's an opportunity to get out of the house. I don't have to cook them breakfast. Yes, I'm in. So I went to this triathlon with a friend of mine in the middle of July. It's hot at this lake in Kansas city early in the morning. Like it started the crack of dawn. And there were 800 women at this triathlon. And I talk about this in Fear is Not the Boss of You. And I watched them compete. And I was like so convicted because there was one woman who was probably, I'd say 72, 74 years old, who competed in the triathlon. And we were crying as she like got out of done swimming with the lake and went to get on her bike. And I'm like, I, I don't even like jog, you know, and this 70 year old woman is competing in a triathlon. <laughs> and I kept thinking, you know, why can't she can do that? Why can't I do that? And I don't know if you've ever watched a triathlon, but in my head, I thought every woman that's competing is probably really fit. They look like they belong on the cover of a magazine. They have rock hard abs. That's just not me. And so in my head, I, what I thought a triathlete should look like and what the triathletes actually look like were different. And I realized, you know what? I don't look a lot different than a lot of these women here. I am almost getting ready to turn 40. I've birthed three nine pound children. I like to eat mashed potatoes. I wonder if I could do this. Um, but then I remembered, I don't know how to swim. And so I ended up hiring a swim coach and spending a year trying to learn how to swim. And, um, and I talk about in Fears Not the Boss View how I've done 10 triathlons in the last eight years, and I've had a panic attack in the water on every single triathlon. So I think that there's some things, fears that come up that we may never um, actually come to terms with. There, they may be things that just always feel scary. And then when I was writing Fears Not the Boss of You, all, a lot of those fears of like insecurity and imposter syndrome and who do you think you are and fear of nobody buying the book and fear of everybody buying the book, all of those things, you know, they reared their ugly head in the middle of the writing process. And it was like God was saying to me, okay, I'm going to make sure that you actually believe everything that you write. I'm going to make all of those feelings of fear like rise to the top as you're writing the book so that you really remember the girl you're writing it for. So it was a process. Wow, that's great. Now we, we talk a lot with people about niching down with their book and their audience and you know, the riches are in the niches. If you try to write a book for everyone, you're going to end up writing a book for no one. I feel like you do this really well. It's from, from, from what I can tell, it's women, women, faith-based creatives. Yeah, I know. But yeah, I I have like, like real estate agents. Oh, for sure. In my coaching group. So there's a lot of outliers, but it, it is pretty niche down. And 
And, but I wrote the book for, for women for sure. And it's not a business book. So it was more like women who are just thinking there has to be more to life than this. Mm -hmm. There literally has to be more to life than this. And that's really who the, the book is for, which I feel is pretty niche down because there's mm -hmm. a lot of women who oh, that's even on their radar. There's a lot of women who are going to see the word Jesus in the book and freak out and run. Um, but I really wrote it so that that woman wouldn't be um, offended, but that she'd be compelled to even read even in a little bit further, if that makes sense. For sure. So how, how and why did you decide on that, that niche? Because I feel like most people would shy away from that and they yeah. would try to go may, way more broad. But I feel yeah. like everything, whether it's the book, whether it's your website, everything that you do, it's like has a very clear and distinct oh, brand. Thank you for that. And it's clear like I'm either, this is either for me or it isn't. Yeah, you either love really what helpful. I'm doing or you're repulsed yeah. by it. One of the two. And trust me, my DMs show that. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> thank goodness 99% of them are great. But um, I think that, some, I think like for me, I, so there was a guy that I interviewed before I um, wrote the book Chandler and we were interviewing him to like help our team. You know, obviously the Holy grail is you'd hit New York times bestsellers list. We haven't done that with the book. We did hit Amazon bestsellers and stayed there for a month. So that was really good. But basically he was trying to help us with some strategy and we were trying to determine if to hire him. And, and he basically said, okay, so if you put too much Jesus in this book, Jennifer, if it talks too much about God, it'll never hit a shelf of target or Walmart. It just won't. And then the, the Enneagram three in me was like, okay, game on. We're going to say, <laughs> because it's not, I couldn't leave all of that out. And when I started writing the book about how do you get unstuck? How do you get to where you're not completely overwhelmed? And how do you do things, you know, that you're scared to do every time I tried to like write it and I didn't put enough of the authentic pieces that I really wanted to, um, like enough of my own transparency, enough of my own failure, enough of my own insecurities. And every time I didn't put enough God in it, like I would reread the manuscript and I'd end up throwing it away. So I threw it away three times and restarted the book with six days to go before my, I did a traditional publishing you know, model and I had six days um, until my deadline to get the book manuscript in. And I started all over with six days to go. And I know my editor was like, what are you doing? And I know that the team at Zondervan was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. It just still doesn't feel right. And so it's not that I've been trying to niche on purpose. It's just that like I serve women. I mean, I, I'm married to a man. I'm growing two sons. I, you know, have two brothers and four stepbrothers. Like I, I love men, but I just feel like I, I speak women. And, and so that's the majority of who I coach and who the book is for. And then when we, because I'm a creative and my background wasn't painting, I just, I understand the minds of creatives, which by the way, is different than the minds of perhaps an accountant. Nothing wrong. Thank God the world has both, but creative people think and process differently than non-creatives. They just How? do. How? Oh my like, gosh. There's what are, so what are two things. or three ways they think differently? So, so a typical creative, her, their brain will be all over the place, which is actually how God wired them. It, he wired their brain with the ability to walk into a room and go, gosh, that, that clock over there is slightly, you know, off to the side. And I wish she would move the furniture just slightly. And oh, if she threw a rug in here, it'd be beautiful. That makes me think I need to go home and, you know, clean my bathroom and paint my walls gray. And oh yeah, I've been meaning to go get gray paint. And the, like, that's how the creative mind works. It's like a pinball machine all the time. And, um, People who are not creatives, their minds work much more linear. They're able to think about things more one at a time. Creative people have a lot more insecurities around imposter syndromes uh, because if you're a creative, 
you're essentially putting something out into the world that even though you don't want your worth tied to it, if nobody buys that piece of painted furniture you just put on Facebook Marketplace, or nobody buys that book you just launched, or nobody buys that course that you just created, we tend to internalize that more than say a dentist who, you know, the, the, they just, their clientele seems to be down a little bit. I don't know of one single plumber who deals with imposter syndrome. I don't know if one, I'm telling you the truth. This <laughs> yeah. is, this is something that creative people, people who are makers and who are, who are birthing something put out into the world. These are insecurities they have that, um, you know, my husband who was in food sales didn't. And my best friend who's a surgical nurse doesn't. And my other best friend who works for a telecom company, they don't struggle with the same thing because, you know, they're, they're just in a different world than, than what a creative person is. So, and neither one good or bad, it's just that we're wired different different, and we have to be wired different or we wouldn't be creative. Hey, Chandler Bolt here. I hope you're loving this episode so far. It's time to go from inspiration to implementation. All right. So if you've learned something, we want to help you implement what you've learned with your book. So what I want you to do right now is go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a publishing consultation with one of the experts on my team. We'll talk about your goals for your book, your dreams, your challenges, your next steps, and we'll start putting together a plan. All right, so go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a call with the team. Let's see how we can help with your book. It's time to implement. You talked about including faith in your book. That's a question we get asked a lot. Um, is for, for faith-based authors or even authors who are, you know, or Christian or whatever, like, do I include faith in my book? Do I not? How much of it? How did you land on, cause I mean, you've already alluded to that a little bit, but how did you land on whether or not to include it and how much to include? So as a person of faith, I completely believe that, um, you know, God, I have peace when I'm doing it right. I don't have peace when I'm doing things wrong. I mean, that's the bottom, the bottom line. And so I would write, a, like I said, I threw away the first three manuscript copies and it was like, it wasn't kind of from the right angle and there wasn't enough truth in it. And there wasn't enough God and it was the bottom line. And so I just didn't feel good about turning in the manuscript, even though I was 45,000 words into a 65,000 word you know, book. I think we ended up throwing away Chandler 140,000 words before I started over. And, um, and so I just didn't have any peace until I kind of got it right. And for me, it's not strategic in trying to add the Christian component. I just don't know how to not add it. And so people that like, they, they read my book, you know, even if you, we have a different faith, I love that people will send me DMs, especially on Instagram where, you know, DMs are so much fun. Um, I love that I haven't been to church, you know, since I was a child, but I still feel like you're talking to me or, um, you know, thank you for talking to me about your own issues with, you know, religion growing up or whatever, because I've had that too, but you've maybe opened my eyes to maybe giving church a chance again. I love that. That makes me tick. That feels like, you know, even though I run a business that's very profitable and have nine people working for me and we do, you know, a a great thing in the world, getting those messages that somebody's life has just been changed. That like is the cat's meow to me. That feels like what I've been put on earth here to do is to help women see things perhaps differently. So that's great. Let's, let's switch gears a little bit. I want to talk about the social media component. Obviously this is something you're really good at. This is something that you teach Mm -hmm. all those things. 
specific to books and more specifically to your book launch. Yeah. Uh, what are two or three things that you did well or that you feel like maybe a little bit differently that really worked from a, so, yeah. like if, if you were talking about using social media to sell books, to market mm -hmm. the book, things like that. So what we did really well was the launch uh, of pre-orders. It was back in November and um, we hit number one bestseller on Amazon in six hours, which I didn't know, except our mutual friend, Brian Dixon, sent me a message in the middle of the night and he's like, Hey, <laughs> and it was a screenshot. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like how did, I didn't even know that that was a thing on Amazon. So we did that really well. We did pre-sales of the book from November up to April really, really well. Um, we also did a good job, I think of, um, getting me on a lot of podcasts such as this one. I think my team did a great job of, you know, there's different articles that have been written up. We came out on publishers weekly list at number 15, right behind Carrie Underwood, which was great. And, um, and so that was good. What we did not do good is we had zero control over launching in the middle of a pandemic. And I know that you would think, oh, but everybody's home reading. No, everybody's home homeschooling their kids. <laughs> everybody's right. home wondering if they have a job to go back to. And so book sales across the board have tanked according to everybody on my book team. So that, you know, we didn't have a lot of control over. Also, um, I had a 12 city book tour um, around the United States, which I was really looking forward to local television in all of the 12 cities. You know, we were coordinating all of that. I love doing TV so much. So I was really looking forward to all of that. And that was all canceled. And I think what happened to me personally, Chandler, which would probably not happen, you know, to most people is, Within a few days time, I had a conference for 400 women in business in Kansas City that we had to pivot to, okay, now we got to go virtual because the pandemic was just starting. And then the next day, we, we had to cancel our 12 city book tour per my publisher. Um, and I was like, what, what? And so I went through a stage of grieving. And then we found out our oldest son who's graduating high school graduation was canceled. And so just like everybody else in recent months, we've all lost something. And I felt like we lost, I personally lost several major things right in a row. And then to know that it's taken, you know, a year to write this book and a year of planning it beforehand. And then for it to launch when everything kind of feels out of control, I didn't probably respond the best to all of that. And so instead of coming on and really pushing the book in the last two months, because the topic is very applicable to what the world is currently going through. Fear is not the boss of you. How do you get, you know, a lot of women feel stuck right now in the middle of a pandemic. So it would be very helpful, but yet um, I haven't really gone on and pushed a lot because I just didn't have the emotional capacity to do that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, what, like, so what did you do instead? Like, did you pivot? I emails and, you know, yeah. about, you know, and I, I will do Instagram stories, but kind of my, um, what I'm really good at on social media is live, live video, Facebook lives, Instagram lives. I'm great at, at being live. And so in an, it, had this happened at another time, I would have been going live several days saying, hey, we've got, you know, book club. Here's how you go join it. Instead, we were just writing a post. Now, when it comes to social media, live video gets six times the reach as a static post. And so if I'm good at live video and live video gets seen six times more, could we have got six times the people signed up for book club if I'd done a Facebook live about it? I don't know. But I just know that my capacity in the last few months has been um, really limited just because my family needs me. We've got four kids that are now all being homeschooled. One was supposed to graduate and didn't, you know, because of, so there's emotions and there's just, um, uh, so essentially I've kind of stepped back and I feel like God's really been calling me to a season of rest 
I actually did my own podcast episode about this a few weeks ago that, and asked women, is God calling you to a season of running or to a season of resting right now? Because for a lot of people who are in business, they're supposed to be running. It's a time to sprint and we're supposed to run, you know, the race that God has set before us. But for another group, God's really causing you or calling you to a season of rest, which is hard when you're in Enneagram three and you're very driven and you're very number driven and you're looking at your sales and you're looking at your book sales and you're looking at your number of reviews. And so, um, so I didn't do a good job of pushing. Oh, but you know what? One other thing we did do really good Chandler is we did a good job of just asking for reviews and we've got almost 600 reviews on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Um, five star. And so, I've done a good job of that on a one-on-one basis, literally taking time every day. When somebody messages me on Instagram, I read your book, you know, I loved it. I'm like, thank you so much. And could you go leave a, a review? And I'm shocked that they have. Wow. So it's so funny. You're just answering all my questions before I ask them. It's amazing. Sorry. So no, this is great. There's, so there's kind of three buckets I wanted to focus and maybe we yeah. can briefly retouch. And Perfect. then I wanna, yeah, so it's, want. it's social media launching during Corona, and how you got so many reviews. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so any, like any, anything else that you got, you feel like you did, it sounds like emotionally, it's like, hey, let's take a step back yeah. from social, like, or with, with your social media stuff during the launch. Is there anything like maybe in the November to April pre-sales or anything else that you feel like, hey, if I'm someone listening to this, here's one or two things that you can do well to really knock yeah. it out of the park from a social media perspective for, for your book. We did do, um, we gave away the first chapter. It was an opt-in. And then followed up by an email sequence asking people for the sale of the book. And so we did do a good job um, on that. I think we did do a good job of getting my book into the hands of influencers. Um, also, the people that endorsed the book, um, Shalene Johnson, uh, Sandy Krakowski, Christy Wright, Rebecca Lyons. We've got some great people who endorsed the book. So we sent them like courage boxes, <laughs> which were full of all the things that a woman could use to give her some extra courage, like bubble bath types of stuff, chocolate, wine, um, my book, and a nice fuzzy bathrobe. And, and we sent all of those out before Christmas. So that worked really well that the people that endorsed the book, they got the big gifts in the mail, and that helped drive some of the pre-sale numbers. Um, and then getting our hands. So it, we did endorsers, and then we also did influencers. And there was about 100 different influencers that we made sure we sent a copy of the book to, um, asking if they could, you know, when they got it, do a shout out. And what I have found, Chandler, is um, people are really willing to, to do a shout out, to do a post, to do a something if you just ask. And sometimes I think we get into this weird place where we're like, oh, but I don't want to ask. Like, it feels salesy. It feels pitchy. It feels like, well, I'm doing this for you. Will you do this for me? And so I've had to really like talk myself down off a couple of ledges. I mean, even when you and I connected in the DMs and, and, um, and you were like, can I send you something? And I'm like, yes, can I send you something? And I was like, oh, yay. And because otherwise, you know, sometimes it feels weird asking people if I can send you a book. But I do think we did that well. We did. Awesome. So influencers, yep. it sounds like we're a big part of that. There's the courage boxes, there's yep. identifying kind of a hundred people to reach out yep. to. And then exactly. I think another takeaway is the free chapter, yeah. giving away a free first chapter. And then the follow-up, you said the follow-up to purchase the book. Yeah. And then we'd send a yeah. follow-up email. You know, if you liked chapter one, you're going to love the rest of it. And you know, it's for sale on Amazon today at $17.99 or whatever. And so we've had several yeah. different email strategies. Yeah. Cool. It's like a, it's like a, uh, a Netflix recommendation engine. If you like yeah. chapter one, you're going to love the rest exactly. of the book. Exactly. We've been working that angle a lot. And we did, you know, we did run some Facebook ads. 
um, the first couple of weeks that the book was out since I have a large Facebook following. And we, I believe we only ran it to, we ran to both warm and cold audiences both, but I have a 360,000 followers on Facebook. So, um, and most of those followers came with me from my days of painting and DIY. Mm, yeah. And I, you know, a fraction of them are business owners, but a lot of people still follow me for that. And so um, we did Facebook ads for the first couple of weeks. But, you know, the thing is when you, when my book is not in my control because I did self, I did not do self publishing. I did traditional publishing. We can't really like, we can't pixel Amazon. We can't pixel Barnes and Noble. We can't pixel target online. So we have no idea if those Facebook ads are actually converting to right. a sale. And so mm-hmm. that proved to be like, not so fun. And um, so right now we're looking at Amazon ads. And um, if you know of anybody that does that, man, have them get a hold of me. Yeah, I do. I do. Oh, and and something we teach and talk about a lot. It's oh, awesome. very, very, uh, I mean, I've, it's, yeah, it's very profitable. Um, the only problem with Amazon ads is you just struggle getting reach. Um, it's like they won't spend as much as I want to spend because they don't have as the inventory continues to grow. But I think there's, there's usually an inventory bottleneck which means that, hey, it's profitable, like anywhere else to say, spend more, spend more, spend more. Yeah. But there's a little bit of an inventory bottleneck, um, but they work really well okay. and you can target very efficiently. Yeah. I love that. So any, anything else on launching during uh, Corona? Like anything that- You know, I, I, I just wouldn't recommend. I just wouldn't recommend if you're thinking, huh, I wonder if during a pandemic is the best time to launch a book. I'm not going to recommend that. It's not. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. <laughs> Anything you pivoted hoping, you know, or changed or, or any well, of that? Um, that was April 7th, which was like, it was April right 7th. when things were really heated. It was up. really when things were getting heated and we couldn't change the date because I did go back to my publisher and I was like, can we change this? Nope, you can't. Um, and so, you know, it's, um, I think we just did the very best we could with what we had given to us. I feel like what we knew about what the world was going to look like on April 7th is much different now that we're, you know, getting ready to start June. It just, it's, you know, the last two months, a lot has, has changed. And I think that I perhaps thought, okay, the world's going to go back to normal, like really quickly, you know, we're going to, and, yeah. and people, big stores will be back open. But the last thing I heard, Chandler, and you may, you're in this world, so you may know better than I did, but um, that 2,200 bookstores are closed right now. Mm-hmm. And a lot yeah, of yeah. those bookstores would have had, you know, my book sitting on the shelf and, um, and people's finances are just tighter right now for some people there, or, or they're concerned that they could get tighter. So they're not spending. So, um, I feel like we did the best we could with what we had, but I can tell you this, we are getting ready to like launch round two of a book club because book club, number one, and you know, I thought we'd be one and done, but I'm like, wait a second. Now this worked really well. And the week that we launched book club again, our book went right back to number one bestseller mm. on Amazon again, stayed there for the whole week. So it clearly resulted in sales. So we've hired somebody to do that for us. And um, a girl that was actually in my coaching group. And so she, you know, made all the assets for the book club. She's launching it again. She's also going to be promoting it to um, churches uh, for Bible studies. And so oh, that's super smart. Yeah. Super and smart. when I wrote it, like here, here's the thing about the book. I am not a preacher and I am not, um, uh, there's, there's several different worlds in the online space Chandler. And I know you're going to get what I'm saying. And there's like a group of business people that are in the online space. And then there's like 
Christian bloggers. And then then there's like DIY people. And I don't really fit in any of those groups, which Hmm. is, and I talk about this and fear is not the boss of you, which, because for all my life, I felt like I kind of fit in all the places, but in none of the places. And while we say, while we say we don't want to be put in the box, we all want to know where we belong and who do we belong to? You know what I mean? And so it's been interesting because um, my book went to number one bestseller for Christian leadership. What? I'm not even mm. a leader. It was it was ahead of Francis Chan's book for weeks. Hmm. Francis Chan is one of the most well-known evangelical oh, sure, leaders yeah, of yeah. our time. And so it feels weird to, for it to be that because it really, like, do I mention God? 100%. Do I have a prayer in the back if you don't know the Lord? I absolutely do. Do I recommend where you can get counseling? 100% I do. Um, but it's not like it's a book completely faith-focused. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's it's trippy to me. It's trippy to me that, and so, but we've got just enough of the faith in it that we're going to try getting it in front of a lot of churches and see what happens. Yeah, that's smart. And I've seen, uh, what's his name? I think it's Michael Todd or something just wrote or just launched a book called Relationship Goals. And he seems to be doing that pretty well. I know friends that they have like, uh, like church friends that they're doing a book club with that book and then going through weekly. It's super smart. And it's funny what you mentioned. Uh, My brother's band need to breathe. Have you ever heard of them by the way? I I feel like I have heard of them. It's like a huge band, especially in the, but they, it's the same exact thing in the Christian Christian space. space, And then also, and so they, they have an album called the outsiders. Yeah. About how they felt like they were always an outsider in each space. Cause they're like, Hey, we wouldn't identify totally as a Christian band, but we also wouldn't identify at, you know, it's just like yeah. this weird in between. I want to so go. Can I, tell, can I just yeah, of course. back on that for one second? So I think that there's going to be a lot of people listening to this podcast who feel like they've never fit in all their life too. And they grieve that in a way. And I, I talk about that in Fear is Not the Boss of You. But God's actually really used that as um, such a catalyst to birth things in my life. So for instance, Four or five years ago, I was looking for a coaching group for creative people, because I still had my painting business, who were Christians, and I couldn't find it. And I felt like God was like, well, tag, you're it, Jen. And so I started, you know, this sweet little $47 a month business group, teaching people how to do social media, teaching mostly creative women, um, because that's what I was. And I just wanted to find more people like me. And now we have 2000 paying members in there every month. Do you know what I mean? And so sometimes yeah. it's when you don't know where you fit that God's going, well, girlfriend, I want you to start something and your people, it's almost like the build it and they'll come, but you're, you know, you, people tend to flat flock to like-minded people. They just yeah. do. And so, um, so even though I've never known where I fit and maybe your brother doesn't, I mean, I think so often that's like a gift. For sure. I agree. Hey, I want to, I want to be super quick and kind of lightning around with a few questions here. Um, You mentioned the book club. What's like the 30 second overview X's and O's. How do you run that? What's the structure look like? How many weeks? That sort of thing. Um, I have totally passed that off to somebody on my team who has the emotional and time capacity to completely take care of it. So I don't even know how they're doing. (laughs) Cool. But I don't want to just sit here and BS you. So I know that you sign up for book club. She, um, the girl on my team has got all the assets ready for people. So emails they can send to family and friends or whatever. Um, Things that you can, like the graphics you can put on your social media, how you can invite them to do it, where to tell them to buy my book, and then how to set up the date that it starts. And then, mm-hmm. but I don't know if they're running it for a month or for six weeks. I feel like. Okay. That makes sense. Weeks. But yeah, she's yeah. taking care of all six of it for me, book. which 
is so helpful for me not yeah. to be in the weeds taking care of all the specifics. And it sounds like it's them hosting. It, you're empowering people to host a book club, oh, not, yes. we're hey, we're them. hosting a book club. Yes, come. I'm so sorry. So Big difference. We, yeah, for the first yeah. time yeah. around, we had um, like 250 people volunteer to host a book club. It's amazing. And so Super they were getting idea. their friends to buy books. And so, yeah. So this girl um, that I coach, her name is Jill Minton, um, she's now like, you know what? Because we're we were kind of the guinea pig to see if this would work. And it's worked fantastically. So she's going to come back and do round two. And then there's some other people, other authors that she's working with to do the same thing to help basically run book clubs on their behalf. Yes. That's great. It's really smart. Um, You mentioned this a little bit earlier, Mm -hmm. 580 reviews on Amazon and we're right at seven weeks or so from book launch. You mentioned Instagram DMs and when people say nice things, Hey, you mind copy and pasting that Amazon review kind of thing. Anything else that you've done? Because yep. that's a lot 100% of, of the time. Okay, that's a great question. So I've literally done a couple of Instagram stories where I tell people why reviews matter because before I was an author, I didn't know. Um, and if, if, and Chandler, you know more about this world. I mean, I'm a business coach, so you know more about the publishing world than I do. But from what I understand, the way to get my book physically on a bookshelf at Sam's Club, Target, Walmart, because it's online on, on all of those, but is by book sales and book reviews, the number of both. And so I've literally gone onto my Instagram stories and just said, Hey, I almost want to go back to every author whose book I ever read and apologize right now because I didn't know reviews were so important. And the reason they're important is this. And if you swipe up, if you've purchased my book, swipe up and you can leave a review right here. Well, you can actually grab the link because otherwise the thing with social media is you have to make it as simple as possible for people because they just don't have a lot of capacity. And so if you say, can you just go over to Amazon and leave me a review? Then they've got to get off where they're at, go over to the Amazon app, type in fear is not the boss of you, scroll all the way down and figure out where to put it in. So what I do is tell them to swipe up because I've you know got the swipe up feature with 90,000 people on Instagram and it takes them right to on Amazon all the way down to where the review place is. So it's one click for them versus them having to go over to Amazon and type everything in. So if you can make Less it as friction. easy breezy on people as possible, they're much more willing to do it. For sure, that's super smart. Hey, final, final uh, question. What, what would you say? So think about the other Jennifer's out there, uh, you know, from think Jennifer years ago before you'd written a book. Um, and uh, you know, they're listening to this, watching this, what would be your advice to them? That person who's thinking about writing their first book, knowing what you know now. Oh, I wish I hadn't waited so long, but it's like, the fact that I did wait so long really helped. Um, it really helped kind of pivot what the topic probably would have been if I'd done it years ago. So there's that. Um, get help. Number two, if you can afford help, if you can afford somebody to help you do the editing, um, to help you flush out like, you know, here was the hardest part for me, Chandler. Now it's all coming back to me. I think part of it I've like blocked out of my brain. So my deadline to have the first book proposal in was last August the 16th. I remember that now because my kids went back to school on like the 14th and I was like, great, I have two days to finish it. Well, a couple of weeks before it was done, you know, I'm still throwing away manuscripts and my husband's like, I'm going to put you up in a hotel because he knew I was a donkey on the edge. And he's like, I'm going to get you a hotel and I want you to stay there until you came home. And the best thing I did was I laid out the entire, like every story I wanted in the book, every big thought I had in the book, every thing that I wanted to tell and make sure they learned. And I actually put it on post-it notes and I laid it out on a window of a hotel in downtown Kansas city. And it, after, because I'm, I think such a creative person and I have to see things visually, it was like, after I laid the book out on a window, then I was like, all right, 
and now we write. But otherwise, yeah. it was like yeah. I was writing in like circles. So I wish I would have done that way sooner, way sooner. Cool. That's great. Um, so great. And something we recommend is like the kind of the mind mapping process. I, I had no idea. Notes. You don't know how many authors I talked to afterwards. I thought I had this grand idea, Chandler. And everybody's like, um, you know, this is how you're supposed to do it, right? And I'm like, nobody <laughs> ever told me. Nobody ever told me about the post-it notes. Yeah. <laughs> I thought yeah. I was brilliant. Yeah, not so much. Yeah. That's so funny. Um, I, <laughs> that's amazing. Well, Jennifer, this has been great uh, and, and inspiring. Thank you so much. Yeah. Where can people go to find out more about you? your book and what you're up to. Yep. We just, we kept it really easy across all platforms. It's Jennifer Allwood. That's A-L-L-W-O-O-D. Um, I've got a blue check on Facebook. I'm still working on that blue check on Instagram. You would think that writing a book and almost a hundred thousand followers would get you a blue check. And it does not Chandler. It really doesn't. And, um, and my podcast, since people are listening to the podcast is the Jennifer Allwood show. If you want to get the book, you can just go to Amazon and type in my name or fear is not the boss of you. And it'll pop right up. I'd love that. Awesome. Jennifer, it's inspiring seeing what you're doing. Love the authenticity, love the creativity, uh, and just the enthusiasm and passion with which you bring to what you do. So thank Thanks you so, so much, much for coming on. This is awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for watching or listening to this episode of the Self-Publishing School Podcast. I know there's so many places that you can be spending your time. There's other podcasts that you can be listening to, YouTube channels that you can be watching. Uh, so thank you so much. It means the world. Now, I want you to do three things right now if you found this episode. All right, number one, I don't know if you know this, but we've got a YouTube channel. It's a companion channel to this podcast. All the video versions of the episode are on the YouTube channel. So number one, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Number two, if you're listening to this podcast wherever, whether this is Spotify, Apple Podcasts, number two, I want you to subscribe to this podcast right now so you don't miss a future episode. Uh, and then number three, this is probably the most important, uh, leave a review on the podcast. All right. Reviews are super important and help the podcast get discovered by other people. Uh, so number three, leave a review on the podcast. Thank you so much. I'll see you in the next episode. If you're on the fence about scheduling a publishing consultation call with my team, maybe you're not quite ready uh, for that, I've got some free training that I think will be really helpful for you. All right, all you have to do is go to register to sign up. Go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. When you do, you're also going to get a free digital copy of my new book, Published. And on that training, you're going to learn the next step, so how to implement with your book. So how to write, how to publish, how to launch successfully. So go to register right now at selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. I'll see you there.